Hi, I'm Dr. Divina Lopez, a board-certified pediatrician with over 10 years of experience in pediatrics, and you are listening to Dancing into Parenthood. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Dancing into Parenthood. Today, I have the lovely Shante Glover, and she is a speech pathologist. I'm so happy to have her on the show today uh, because, for example, I'm going to learn what is the difference between a speech pathologist and a speech therapist today? So I'm, I'm very excited to hear all about um, how she can help you as a new parent and help with your baby's speech development. So let me give you a little bit of background on Shante. She is a proud alumna of Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. And she received her Master's of Science degree in Communication Disorders from William Patterson University in her home state of New Jersey, where she's practicing. She is uh, certified and licensed to practice in New Jersey and in New York. And her career as a speech therapist began in the hospital setting, working with adults and children, experiencing communication and swallowing feeding challenges. Since that time, she became a wife and a mother to two beautiful daughters and transitioned into the public school and private practice settings. Her experience includes assessment and treatment of children and adults with developmental delays, autism spectrum disorders, traumatic brain injury, cerebral palsy, cognitive deficits, neurological impairments, genetic syndromes, auditory impairments, social communication disorders, as well as motor speech disorders. She believes that learning should be fun and that play is a child's work. I agree with you 100% on that. (laughs) (laughs) It is her responsibility to reach the child and meet them where they are. If a child is not grasping a new skill, she is committed to changing her approach until they understand. And I love that. That is so important because then you, you make them feel comfortable and you let them know there's a, you know, there's everybody learns in a different way. So, you know, sometimes we just have to figure that out. She's passionate about developing strong foundations at an early age to help children develop lifelong skills. And that includes, but is not limited to communication skills, play skills, and self-help skills. She believes children perform best when they feel safe and encouraged. Her clients always know that she cares and that she has their best interest at heart. She thrives to bring a nurturing and caring disposition to every child that she encounters, and she's grateful to every parent who entrusts their child to her care. And, you know, in her free time, she loves running, reading, listening to music, spending time with her family and getting away to the beach, which is my favorite place in the world, too. (laughs) (laughs) So I can totally relate. Love the beach. Um, Yeah. So actually, I was introduced to Shantae through Bergen in Color um, through Instagram. And so I'm always really grateful to them because they've been amazing about featuring my events and um, through Bergen and Color I've met so many wonderful people and really we're all pretty much in the same area in northern New Jersey and so it's a great 
resource to have, um, a great friend, I guess, you know, to connect really good people. Um, so I'm very grateful to them for, for introducing, you know, you, um, to me and, and I'm so grateful that you said yes. As soon as I asked you to do this podcast, that was very gracious of you. (laughs) Um, so, you know, I, I, let's get right into just what is the difference between a speech pathologist and a speech therapist? Because I, I need to know the difference too. Okay, great. Well, first, let me just say thank you for having me and thank you to Bergen and Color. I'm glad that she connected us. Yes. Um, Basically, a speech therapist, people don't know what we do, but we really Mm -hmm. try to help children and adults who have difficulty communicating. So that Mm -hmm. could be that you have trouble finding the words to express yourself. Mm -hmm. It could be a child that's not speaking at all yet either because they're a late talker or maybe there's something else going on, like some sort of a disorder. Um, We work in different settings. So sometimes we see people who have had a stroke. Um, But for the most part right now, I work mostly with children. So I'm helping children to communicate, whether it's verbally, non-verbally, and learning those skills that they can become a competent communicator. Right. Okay, cool. So for the parents out there, because I know that every parent is desperate to hear the baby talk. <laughs> they, yeah. I mean, I, sometimes I'm like, okay, you guys are expecting a lot so soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when, when should they really start to uh, have some speech development? They really just notice the first signs of um, their baby expressing themselves in some way. So one of the biggest questions and most common concerns that I get from parents is that they're worried that children is not saying enough words. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the language development starts right from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. From those very first weeks, you're going mm-hmm. to be looking, try to look at your child as much as possible. Right. When they look back at you and they're smiling at you, that's yes. communication. Those are right. the steps of communication. The interaction. Um, absolutely. You yeah. You hear them starting to make a lot of noises with their mouths, even though you don't know what they're saying. You want to mm-hmm. hear sounds coming out. But I would say about six months of age, you want to start hearing some of that babbling, like a lot of ba ba ba, ma ma ma, da da da. Yes. That's important around the six to nine month stage. Mm-hmm. Usually after nine months, you might start hearing mama and dada or switching it up, like switching the sounds like ma and ga. Um, but by the first birthday, that's when we're looking for a real word. And when I say a real word, not mama or dada, but maybe like ball or cup or. Right juice. That's right. when you want those real words to come in. But from the very beginning, our jobs, I know we're super busy as moms. We have so much going on. Yes. So just try to talk to them as much as you can, make a lot of eye contact and just keep them stimulated through that way. Right. I, I think, you know, one of my favorite like milestones is when babies start cooing and you know when they start like imitating and they have that like back and forth kind of conversation there's no real conversation but you know that they're trying to engage and so like that for me is always like if i see the baby doing that when they come in for their physicals and i'm assessing for the developmental milestones I always engage with them so that I can see, okay, this baby, and, and some babies are like amazing at this. They, they just capture your attention immediately because they want to have some sort of interaction with you. And you have to, I think as a 
parent, like be super present with them all the time. Yes, absolutely. They're listening to you all the time, right? Constantly. Um, they're, they're listening to the sound of your voice and they're responding right. to it. You'll start to notice that they turn their heads towards your voice. Yes. They turn towards a sound or a noise that they hear. Right. So it's super important to be present and try to make as much eye contact as you can because you're looking yeah. at your mouth too to see right. what you're doing. How do and you then make those? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they start copying that too. So it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. adorable. It's really one of my favorite, favorite milestones. It's, I mean, for me, it's just, I'll never get tired of that one. <laughs> no, I think never, I ever. Think too, as a mom, that was yeah. my favorite stage. And I always yes. tell people to record as much as possible mm-hmm. because you're going to miss those sounds. You're going to miss those coos and those oohs yes. and those ahs and the babbling. Once right. they start saying words, you're going to miss those sweet, innocent sounds. Right. So for me as a pediatrician, if I notice that the baby is not having those cooing noises or not interacting in that way. I always make sure that the baby had a hearing test when the baby was born mm-hmm. and that we know that you know the baby passed or failed. And if not, then we need to go ahead and have a follow-up. And I usually ask about the family history, you know, whether there's any hearing loss on either side. Um, because that's always the first thing that we check as pediatricians before we go ahead and like make a referral. Mm -hmm. Um, So we always have to make sure that the baby can hear before expecting, you know, some good speech from them. Another thing, um, Mm -hmm. speaking of hearing, I always ask too, if the child has had a lot of ear infections, whether the food was infected or just present, that also affects the way that they hear speech yes. and language. So that's important to know too. You definitely want to talk to your pediatrician and if necessary, an audiologist and get yes. a, a more um, specific test done just to make sure they're yes. hearing things the way that they should. That's right. Yeah. Because that fluid behind the eardrum um, can really affect the hearing. And so that can, that can definitely be a big problem. Thank you yeah. for adding that. that sure. That's really important. Yes. Sure. All right. So um, what can parents do to support their baby's speech development? Um, well, like I said before, you, and like you pointed out, you definitely want to be present and you want to mm-hmm. talk to them. Talk, mm-hmm. talk, talk. You yeah. can't talk to them enough um, and try to make them use their words. So yes. I would say probably around the 12 month stage when you start to hear some words, you want to try to put more demands on them so they get the connection between their words and getting what they want. So Mm -hmm. if your baby tends to put their arms up a lot and then you just pick them up, now start saying the word up and get them to say up too so that they're actually using their words to get what they want. And then they make that communicate that the connection between communication and unlocking their world. So parents, what you can do is just try to use words as much as possible and then try to get your child to start using words. Mm -hmm. I always tell parents like for a one-year-old, you should consistently be using at least one word. Two years of age, you should be consistently using at least two words, combining two word phrases. Combining so, them. Right. Mommy up, uh, where daddy, baby go. Right. And then by three years of age, you should be consistently using three word sentences. And when I say that, that's the minimum. There's mm-hmm. definitely going to be children who are doing a lot more talking than that. But yeah. that's what you should be looking for. So if you have a one-year-old, you do want them to try to start using those single words to tell you juice, cup bottle, whatever it is they want, you want to put those demands on them so that they start mm-hmm. using their words more and more. 
Mm -hmm. uh, one of the tips that I give the parents is, you know, start reading from day one. Oh, <laughs> Even sure. if it seems silly, you Absolutely. know, go ahead and just open a book, get one of those little fun baby books. That it, maybe it just has like one word on each page, mm -hmm. but at least, you know, they're starting to really hear the words because I think they even listen to like the infliction of the sounds, right? Absolutely. So, you know, I tell parents, even if you think it's kind of silly because you're thinking, what is the baby really getting out of this? They're getting a lot out of it. And I've, I, I've noticed like the kids that are read to more, they just, I mean, they're very precocious with their speech. You know, they're, yeah. they're like, I, sometimes I'm amazed by them and how quickly they pick up the language and, you know, I'm like, go for it. <laughs> just, you know, get, get a good book. And, and then, I, you know, you're also teaching them that reading is really fun and it may be, mm -hmm. you know, one of their most fun times with the parent, actually. Maybe, you know, that's yeah. a good way to interact with the baby, too. That's an excellent tip. I, I agree with you. Start reading as soon as possible. And I tell parents too, don't feel like you're stuck reading the entire book or every word on the page. Yes. If you feel like it's too much, just talk about what you see on the pages and point out the object because mm -hmm. books can be a really good way to help your children build their vocabulary too. Yeah. And like you said, they're listening to the words, they're listening to the inflection in your voice, they're looking at your face for any animation. Mm -hmm. So it's just a really nice bonding process between the parents and the child. So yeah. if you can read at least one book a day with your baby, you're setting them up for a great future. Right. Yeah, I agree. And there there's so many ways to get um good books which are not expensive. You know, mm -hmm. I like to go to um there's like these consignment shops where you can go ahead and you know you can get books for like 25 cents 50 cents uh yeah. so there are so many ways to really get affordable books because i know sometimes you know going to like barnes and nobles and stuff can be a little expensive oh, yeah. um, but if you if you want to go ahead and just go to a consignment shop and i feel like there's so many popping up all over the place or if you even have friends that you can borrow something or you know um trade like, things off <laughs> Your local yeah. library is a good resource too. They have baby books that you can borrow. Sometimes they have books that are for free that they'll give away. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot of really good books at stores in the checkout line, like um, Marshalls and TJ Maxx. Yes. They often sell books at a discounted rate too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good tip. That's true. I, I forgot about that one, but that is really yeah. true. And they have All good right. baby books. Yeah, yeah, those are important. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, one of my pet peeves, and my parents know this, is the bottle. <laughs> mm. Sometimes people are really dependent on that bottle, and they just love giving their babies the bottle. I mean, there's, there's so many reasons why um, I'm so on top of, like, let's get that bottle. Let's wean it. Let's wean the yeah. bottle because, I mean, for dentition and for yeah. other reasons, but I know for speech, it's also so important because sometimes I see these kids with the bottles in their mouths all day long. <laughs> like, yes, let's, yes. let's try to transition over to the sippy. <laughs> yes, we need, that, we need that message to get out there to move away from the bottles as soon as possible because it really does impact your speech. But also, if you have a bottle in your mouth all day, you can't talk <laughs> because your mouth is occupied. <laughs> Correct. Right. So uh, one thing that I also tell parents, when you move from the bottle to a cup, try not to use those little sippy cups because uh -huh. the sippy cup spout is so similar to a nipple. It has the same effect on your child's oral muscles and their speech right. production. So try to go to a cup with a straw 
right. or an open cup. I know it's messy. I've been there as a mom. I know you don't want that added mess to clean up from trying out a new cup. Yeah. But uh, if you don't want to do the open cup, do a straw, but it's just better for them, for their muscles to mature and better right. for their speech in the future. Right. And they also have those uh, cups with the lids now that are like a non-spilled lid, but it's a cup. And so they're learning to bring it up to their mouth. And mm -hmm. just yep. like you said, you know, the, the oral motor, um, you know, the muscles just develop better when you're drinking from the straw versus, and yeah, you're right. The, the sippy because, and, and I tell parents, it's like, have you ever tried drinking from a sippy? It's really hard even to suck the, the fluid mm -hmm. out. Um, so you want that, that motion of, you know, bringing up through the straw where you're actually like pursing the lips mm -hmm. versus having to just like do this other stuff where you're putting the tongue under and, you know, in right, order exactly. to enhance the, the speech development. That's exactly it. With the position that your tongue is in with a sippy cup is the same position as if you were using a pacifier or a bottle. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. later on, that's what tends to be an issue when you hear children whose speech sounds distorted it's mm -hmm. because they have the incorrect tongue position and then we have to correct that. But if early on, while their muscles are still developing, we can get them to have better positions and better actions with using an open cup or straw, then we see a lot more improvement. Mm -hmm. And luckily there's so many, I mean, there's so many available now where they have like the mm -hmm. weighted straw on the bottom. So it's still yeah. getting the, the liquid that's at the bottom of the, of the bottle or yeah. whatever that is. I, I don't know what like to say the cup maybe. Um, but they, they do have so many available. I've seen plenty of brands now. So I, I don't think it's hard to even find one at this point. No, it's I think just... you're right. I think there are lots of options out there now. Just have mm -hmm. to shop around and find what works for you, but try not to use a sippy cup with the spout and try right. to get away from the bottle as soon as possible. Right. And really, I think, you know, parents have to realize how how much better life is once you get rid of the bottle. Like if you can wean the baby off of it early, it makes your life easier too, because you're not having to clean those bottles yes. anymore yes. <laughs> and carry them all over with you. Yes. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it's a little harder with the milk. Mm -hmm. So parents will tell me, you know, oh, but to drink the milk at night, they, they still need that. And I'm like, okay, fine. But then when it comes to the water during the day, let's try to start transitioning at least with the water and eventually we can get to the milk bottle also. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Like I said, it's, it's really a pet peeve for me when I and see I like think the a parents... two year old coming in drinking out of, I'm like, absolutely not. The, no, I agree start with doing it. this at one years old. Like let's yeah. start transitioning. Yeah. Absolutely. Or even before absolutely. that, I did it with my son even before that because mm -hmm. I just, I didn't like cleaning bottles. I, I thought that was <laughs> No, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I started before one, too. I think yeah. probably around nine months I started yeah, introducing months, yep. a cup because I was, like, I was over the bottles and over cleaning all those nipples. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> it takes too much time and I get, I get grossed out by them. Yeah. <laughs> so one of, one of the major questions that I get from parents, because I, I do uh, serve like a, a bilingual community, um, is whether growing up in a bilingual home contributes to having a speech delay. Mm. So that's a huge myth. I, I've heard that a lot. And actually, there are some professionals who will say, yes, it does. But the fact know, of the matter is annoyed. <laughs> not true. <laughs> I get annoyed when they come back to me and they're like, you told me it doesn't, but that person told me it didn't. And I'm like, no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. 
our brains are just wired the way they're wired and some children can learn languages simultaneously and some people, some children need more time. Right. Um, and I would never ever tell someone to stop using their native language mm -hmm. and only use English either. I think that there's too many cultural implications and you don't yes. want to isolate your child. Right. So what you should do instead is just seek out assistance if you feel like your child has a delay, but don't, don't feel like you can't introduce them to multiple languages and don't feel like because you did that that's what caused them to have a delay because that's totally not true. Right, right. They're like sponges. So yeah. sometimes they, they do confuse like one language with the other. So they'll start speaking a sentence in one language mm -hmm. and then maybe one word might be in another language. Yeah. But I, I tell them it doesn't matter. They'll figure it out. They're yeah. like little sponges. So just go ahead and you know they can learn three languages at a time just go ahead and do it it's, it's totally fine and it's going to be easier and they'll have a better accent yeah. um because you did it when they were younger because uh, honestly my parents both spoke spanish but they were afraid to speak to me in spanish mm. because they didn't want me to have issues when i started school and I had to learn Spanish as an adult. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I sound like the gringa, you know, speaking, <laughs> speaking You sound Spanish. like me when I try to speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, it's probably, we're, we're probably at the same level. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's gotten much better because within like the past two years, I've been forcing myself, like, you need to learn this. And through music, I, I really learned because I'm a big music person. I'm a, I'm a dancer. And so when, you know, when I really got into salsa, I had to, I wanted to know what these songs were saying. So I finally got into it. But, you know, I, I, I tell my parents all the time, like, why, why didn't you just teach me? And they, mm -hmm. their excuse was, you know, the whole like school thing. And then they say, oh, you didn't want to learn at some point. So, you know, the sooner, the better. I agree. It I introduce it to them right away. They're ba they're, as babies, they can learn it. Their brains are wired. We're all wired that way. But sometimes it just takes more time or you might find that they understand both but don't use both. But continue to introduce them. Continue to expose them to languages. I wish yes. I knew more as a child too. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so much important. easier to learn as a child than as an adult. Yes. Yes. It's just so much easier and they really pick it up. They pick yeah, it up so definitely. easily when they're young. Definitely. And what are some of the red flags that um, babies present with if they're having an issue with their speech development? Um, so like I alluded to earlier, I think if you have a child that's um, past their first birthday and still not saying any words, that should be a concern to you. Mm -hmm. um, between 12 to 15 months old, on average, kids have at least 50 words. Some have way more than that. But if your child's still not saying any real words, if they're still just battling with mama and dada, that's a red flag. That's a reason for concern where you should probably seek out some help either um, through early intervention or mm -hmm. through your insurance company, talk to your pediatrician. Mm -hmm. um, but that's something to look at. And then as they get older, you want them to continue to have vocabularies that grow constantly. So every week it should seem like your child is learning and understanding yes. new words and using new words. And just use the, the guide that I gave you earlier. At one, they're consistently using single words. So that means right. that they're no longer pointing all of the time and gesturing and taking you by the hand for what they want. They're actually trying to use words to tell you. And the words don't have to be clear. And it could be like a, a short and abbreviated 
version of banana. They say nana instead of banana. That's okay, but they're still trying to use a word for banana every time. Right. And at two, you want them to be combining words. And at three, you want those, we call them utterances in, in mm-hmm. speech, but you want those little phrases to get longer and longer and start to seem like real sentences. But right. if you feel like their language isn't growing, don't wait. Unfortunately, so many parents wait and they take the wait and see approach thinking they'll grow out of it. But the mm-hmm. sooner you just contact someone and ask the questions, the earlier the intervention you get, the better progress they'll have. Right. And when they go to their pediatricians for their physicals, the pediatrician should be giving them uh, is what we call an MCHAT to fill out so that they can assess whether the baby is reaching their milestones in all aspects in speech and physical development. Um, and so the parents, if they notice maybe they went for physical and they didn't receive it, maybe they should, you know, bring it up to the pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always encourage parents to advocate for their children. Um, do it early on because the sooner the better when we catch these things. Sure. And it's really luckily for us, like living in New Jersey or New York, you have so many services available. So you should definitely use these resources. That way they can get into the home and, you know, get it started if it's needed. Because I feel like so many kids, once it's started, they just like take off. Absolutely. And it's amazing. And the parents that are like, I wish I did this sooner. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't, don't be afraid. It doesn't mean something's wrong with your child. Is just, you know, something that we, we should get the help for really early on because it probably will resolve after, you know, some right. after a few sessions, they're just taking off. And I'm like, look at that, totally. you know? Absolutely. It doesn't, it really like doesn't take said, I just want to reiterate what you said. It doesn't mean that they have a lifelong problem. It just right. means that they're having a little difficulty right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that parents should look at it the way that you would look at any other physical ailment. You wouldn't tell your child that we're going to wait and see if they had a broken leg you would take them to get the help immediately right and you should do the same thing if you notice any kind of delay in their speech or language development or any development for that matter um Mm -hmm. and like you said once you start treatment it's amazing to see how quickly they start speaking they start understanding more they just need a little bit of a push just a little Mm -hmm. bit of intervention to help them along the process yeah. Don't let your anxiety or your fear keep you from asking those questions. You might find out that you have an evaluation and they say, you know what, he's okay. He just needs a little bit of help here or they'll give you some tips of things you could do at home and he doesn't necessarily need therapy. You never know, but have the evaluation. Talk to someone just so you can find out, am I in the right direction? Is everything okay? Or is there something else going on that I need to evaluate? That's right. Yeah. I I do like that on your website, you had the chart for um, the developmental milestones. I, I thought that was a good idea. And, you know, it's always a good reference for parents. Uh, her website is havingrsay.org. And I one of the rules that I always go by um, when it comes to how clear the speech is, because parents are usually concerned about oh well you know i'm the only person who understands or something like that uh the the rule that we use as pediatricians is that 50 percent of people will understand your baby's speech by two years old at three years old 75 percent of people should understand the speech and then by four years old they should have more clear speech 
there are you know some children that do like stutter for a little while there are some children that have issues sometimes with the enunciation of certain um words and you know that those things usually are acceptable until a certain age Mm -hmm. but again you know i do try to make my referrals early on if i'm concerned about a child and just encourage the parents to get the evaluation done Mm -hmm. so that they're not regretting it later on yeah totally i agree Uh, we've talked a lot about language um but you're right with speech and speech is more so about the the way that you produce your sounds and the, how clear you sound and there are milestones for speech as well um when when you have your little baby we're focusing mostly on just getting them to talk but then right. once they start talking then we start to take a look at how they're talking and how right. well they're being understood by other people mm-hmm. um but if if you feel like you and you are you and your immediate family are the only people who understand your child, then you should for sure talk to your pediatrician because by the age of four, people who aren't familiar with your child should still be able to understand most of what they say. So Mm -hmm. those those are some milestones for that as well. Right. So thank you, Shante, for doing this with me. And I know that you work at the school and you also do at-home visits. So I want everyone to know where they can connect with you. Where can they find you if they wanted, you know, to have an evaluation with you or have you come into their home? How do they get in touch with you? Sure. So you can reach me at my website, www.havingoursay.com dot org that's h-a-v-i-n-g-o-u-r-s-a-y um i'm also on instagram i try to post a lot of information for parents so my instagram and my facebook pages are really geared towards parents i just feel Mm -hmm. like there's a gap between the information that professionals have and parents are receiving so you can check that as well to get some information but you could always reach me through any of my social media or my website if you have any questions and contact me uh, by phone or email if you'd like to set up an evaluation or a therapy session. Wonderful. Thank you for taking out the time to do this with me. This is really special to me. And I know that the parents will really benefit so much from everything, all the information that you had to share with them today. So I, I really am honored that you did this with me. And I know they're going to just find so much information that they can use with their own children. And if they have any concerns, they also know they can reach out to me. Uh, So thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. And I hope maybe we can do more in the future because I know you have a wealth of information. Sure. Sure. (laughs) I'm happy to come back again. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. And we're going to end it right there. So everyone knows they can reach me at drdivinalopez.com and find me on Instagram at drdivinalopez. Thank you. To listen to more podcasts, please visit us at drdivinalopez.com and follow us on Instagram at drdivinalopez. Thank you for listening. Please keep in mind that all advice given in this podcast is general information. To understand your specific situation, you must consult with your pediatrician.